I'm Arafa, and I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. We are joined this week by Asmara, uh, our our Mercedes fan from Canada. I recorded that exactly one time and I got it perfect. So we're just going to keep it in the podcast that way. Uh, <laughs> so we, who do we have on last time? We had Asher on last time in the Mexico Grand yeah. Prix. And we were all basically saying doom and gloom for Lewis Hamilton. It's over for him. And then, man, did this weekend take a wild ride? Dull weekend. Really dull weekend. Uh, just uh, what's the <laughs> point in Formula 1? Not much going on, honestly. It's probably the most boring weekend in the entire year. It was like Zandvoort on steroids. This car's going <laughs> round around circle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Almost no overtaking. What's the point of Brazil? Exactly. No yeah. <laughs> so no the the weekend was very exciting and there's a lot of drama and if you were ever not plugged into twitter for one moment you missed drama that's what it was like so yeah. so coming into this weekend lewis hamilton we found that was going to take a five place grid drop and we even knew that you know this was a must win weekend for him because the next three races you know, if the, the deficit had gone up to 28 points or whatever, he would have had to win every single one. And Max would have had to finish lower than second. It would have been mathematically very difficult for him to win the championship. And Mercedes opted to take a new engine, a fifth engine. And that's a five-place grid drop. And they did this with Botas a few weeks ago. They experimented with him. So going in, we're like, okay, you know what? Wherever Lewis qualifies, he's going to start five places lower than that, which is already not great you know yeah uh, but it's manageable yeah there was an article in motorsport.com where it was reported that Highwell Thomas the chief engineer had prepared a fifth engine for Lewis which had a much lower life so these engines are designed to do something like 7,000 kilometers and apparently this engine was only designed to do 2,500 kilometers and because they can't change the characteristics of the engine because the sort of formula is locked in but apparently they were just pushing it to the tolerances of reliability to create a much faster engine that would give an extra sort of 15 horsepower, which would translate into straight line speed. So this was something they kind of were, were, were experimenting with Bottas to see if they could do it with Hamilton, but and, and they went ahead with it. So there was some hope, you know, Hamilton starting fifth, maybe he can work himself up to first. But then, you know, it's qualifying and Hamilton is just so fast in qualifying. He is faster than the rest of the field. No one's able to touch him. He's setting fastest lap after fastest lap and he qualifies first for the sprint race and it's a big deal. Well, Red Bull who for the past few weeks, they've been like really concerned about Mercedes' speed. They've been talking about the the straight line speed for so long, and they're like trying to figure out exactly what's causing it. They thought maybe it's the rear wing. They thought maybe it's like the new chassis or the engine or the cooling. They kept like coming up with different theories. So they think right now it's the rear wing. So they tip off the FIA that something is going on with Lewis Hamilton's rear wing. And um, they want the FIA to look at it. So after qualifying, the cars go into this area called Park Fermi, where no one is allowed to touch the cars. Engineers can't work on the cars. And the FIA has full access to inspect the cars um, and make sure that they're following all the rules and not breaking anything and cheating. It's completely like uh, normal and everyone parks in Park Fermi. And it's like been happening this way for a long time. So completely usual. Lewis parks in Park Fermi. And a few minutes later, we get a, a notice in our Twitter feeds that... Uh, his car has been impounded by the FIA 
and they found some irregularity with the rear wing and nobody really knows exactly what's happening so this was like what 8 p.m 9 p.m my time yeah it was right after qualifying so it was yeah. like and nobody knew what was happening no all of a sudden everyone is refreshing their feeds every two seconds getting yeah. real comfortable with their f5 button to refresh the page trying to figure out what's going on and then we get bits and bits of pieces which is that hamilton's rear wing can open to a certain extent by by the regulations 85 millimeters but for some reason his rear ring was open to 87 millimeters two millimeters extra and the fia said you know it's failed the test that we used to measure that and for that reason you know we've impounded his car now normally what that means is hamilton is disqualified from qualifying he has to start last and on top of that, on Sunday, for the, he has a five-place grid penalty. So starts last for the sprint, five-place grid penalty. It's the worst fear of any Mercedes fan. Biggest, you know, victory ever for Red Bull. So I'm going to add one of my... I know we're going to do this later in terms of top three funny moments, but I'm going to add one of them now. Did you see the reply to Mercedes' comment about them having to start in last place? No, no. What was that? So Haas put a tweet on, which was just a gif of Homer Simpson, like in the dark patting a sofa (laughs) come join us (laughs) yeah so i i went to bed at like 10 30 because i was like refresh 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 i have no idea what's going on i'm gonna go to sleep and then 5 20 a.m my time who knows what that is in canada asmara comes into our whatsapp group and just goes guys (laughs) what the heck happened today i was at work i missed everything why is everyone screaming on Reddit? <laughs> Asmara, what, what was your input to this? What, how, what, how did you first find out about all of this? So I have to be honest. I was a little disenchanted after last weekend. And I didn't even really like finish watching the race because I was so like upset and annoyed by everything that was happening. You're talking about Mexico. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, Mexico. And basically this weekend, I didn't even realize that anything was happening on Friday. Like I did not, I totally forgot that sprint. I forgot. I 100% forgot. (laughs) That sprint qualifying was a thing. And I wasn't really following, like I've unfollowed all the like F1 pages a while ago because I don't know, this year has been really toxic, like on F1 Twitter and stuff. So I just haven't really been following as closely. Like I watch all the races, but you know, so I didn't even realize anything was happening. I came home at like after midnight and my time and I checked, I forget, I, I think I was just like, oh, let me look up what happened in free practice. And I go on Reddit and I always sort Reddit by new. And so this is like after all this stuff has happened. Oh my God, there's probably carnage. So posts. And like one of the, yeah, and one of the first things I see like on my front page where it shows like the most popular posts on all the pages I follow is like, a video of Max touching uh, Lewis's car. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what <laughs> happened here? So then my instinct, of course, was to message the group chat and be like, what happened? And then I was reading more. It was just the funniest. Yeah. Like, what a strange series of events. Yeah. So, so, so Hamilton Park's in Park Ferme, right? Little do we know, but some fan is recording the whole thing. And Verstappen Park's, and he gets out of the car, and he walks over to his rear wing and he kind of plays with it a little bit then he walks over to Hamilton's rear wing and he does the same exact thing and he's just kind of playing with it there's this video and everyone was like oh my god Verstappen is playing with Hamilton's rear wing and now like 20 minutes later it's open by two millimeters extra he's the one that caused it so all of a sudden you know Twitter is crazy and this video is being shared first it's shared by like you know, Brazilian F1 fans, and then by normal F1 fans, and then by the ESPN page, the Sky TV Normal page. F1 normal. fans, like Brazilian is not normal. 
<laughs> Spot the American. <laughs> First the Brazilians, then the normal American fans. No, but <laughs> but um, <laughs> but then all these people are sharing the video. Max Verstappen gets called to the to the stewards. So now Max Verstappen getting called to the stewards. It looks like one hundred percent he's the one who caused it. They call him to the stewards, but they say we're not going to make a decision until the morning. And at this point, at least in America, it's like. 2 a.m. I don't know what time it is in the rest of the world, but it's like really late at night and the FIA says you have to wait till the morning. So come morning time, Max Verstappen meets with the stewards. It's a very quick meeting. It's like 15 minutes and he walks out and he's pretty confident. And he's like, I'm feeling pretty good about this meeting. So that makes it sound weird. They call Hamilton and the Mercedes team back. The Mercedes team is like, they had spent all night with the stewards. It was like their chief design guy, their chief engineer, their lawyer, Lewis Hamilton, this huge like group of people. They're called back. They come out of the meeting about 45 minutes later, and they're like, we feel pretty good about this. So now everyone is like, both teams feel pretty good. What is going to happen? There was less tension waiting for Nevada's results. This is (laughs) what this is the Formula One equivalent of. Of the Nevada results. Literally everyone refreshing every two seconds. And like people are putting out like fake, like breaking news. Lewis Hamilton will definitely start in one, some place or another in the, like (laughs) everyone is like, (laughs) like breaking news. Max Verstappen touched his own car for sure. Like like, like random stuff. And we're all freaking out. And then the decision comes out about Max. He's fined 50,000 euros, which means that the FIA is letting him off pretty easy. There's no like disqualification for him or grid place penalty or anything. They're just saying, yes, you shouldn't have touched the car. No one's allowed to touch the cars, and we're going to give you a penalty for that. Now, I will say in his defense, it's gotten pretty normal to touch your competitor's car in Park Fermi. People have been doing it for a while. Sal used to do it to Lewis all the time. He used to, like, he was called Inspector Step because he just, like, look at every angle of his car and stuff. But you're not allowed to do it, so he got this fine. And uh, all, like, Max did was, like, touch the rear wing. But so, you know, with that fine coming off easy everyone is like it's the worst case scenario for lewis and then you go 10 minutes later hamilton disqualified he has to start last place in the sprint race and take a five place grid drop in the main race now to put that in context for people who don't understand like the season if lewis finishes anything lower than like fourth or fifth in brazil mathematically it's almost impossible for him to win the championship Verstappen would have to dnf it just gets very it's like a 40 point deficit he has to overcome in a race where only 21 points are realistically available so it's very very hard everyone is like the season's over twitter is celebrating max Verstappen winning his first championship i know when i went on reddit i don't know maybe asmar was on reddit more it was the same thing they're celebrating max winning and lewis is out yeah, like even us as, uh, well, as Mercedes fans, like you and I are like, you know, less, less uh, seasoned fans of the sport, let's say. And I'm like, we were pretty, uh, we were pretty negative about it, like pretty pessimistic. We were like, huh, oh, like, thinks that the championship's going to be decided on like, you know, a technical thing, which probably didn't even yeah. actually affect his performance and qualifying. It didn't even actually give him a pace advantage. And like, we were pretty, I was pretty down about it for sure. Yeah, and I even texted our fight and I said, life is meaningless. I'm not even going to watch the final three races. Garbage season. Throw the whole thing out. Let's start over. Th- these are messages you were sending me at five <laughs> o'clock in the morning when I was asleep. <laughs> it was it was heartbreaking to be a Lewis Hamilton fan because essentially the season would have been decided by some technical thing. And the other thing the FIA said is, oh, by the, like Mercedes's whole argument was we didn't do this on purpose to get an advantage. And they thought if we say that, 
the FIA will let us off easy because we're not. It was a mistake or it was some damage. Yeah, because the we car left it. with everything correct, and it wasn't even the, the wing was 0.2 millimeters too big. Like on the left of the wing, it was the correct size. In the middle, it was the correct size. Something on the right, and they argued damage because when the car left the garage, it was the right size. And you know, there's been loads of videos of Red Bull putting like duct tape and things on their car and trying to fix things. And they said, look, this is just damage. Let us replace it with a like for like piece. And Bottas's car, which is the same exact car, was fine. So they're trying to say, like, you know, it's just damage. We didn't do anything on purpose. But the FIA said, nope, it failed the test and he's disqualified. So Mercedes was very shocked. And, you know, it was the decision came so late that I was legitimately getting scared that we wouldn't have a decision by the sprint race. And the sprint race was maybe only like an hour and a half after the decision came out. So sprint race starts and everyone's like, you know, there's no hope. And Max has won. Lewis is starting 20. Boom. Sprint race starts. First lap, he overtakes four cars. He's up into 16th. He's picking them off one by one as each lap goes. And everyone was saying before this, like, oh, you know, for Lewis, like, He's gonna he's gonna overtake five or six cars. Then he'll get stuck in a DRS train, and then he'll have to start the next day back in last place anyway. He's breaking through the the crowd, taking off one by one, one by one. It's almost like a video game. People are saying it's like he's playing a video game, the F one game, and he's just overtaking cars left and right. He gets to tenth place, and uh, you know the the commentators say something like, "If Lewis can finish sixth or seventh, we'll consider that you know really good for him." I don't think he could get over sixth place. Botas, in the meantime, in the first lap, he gets around Verstappen, who's starting first now, and he ke- keeps that lead. And then Verstappen loses second place to Carlos Sainz, so it's looking really bad for Red Bull. But then Verstappen gets third place back, uh, second place back. He's back in second, but he's not really able to challenge Botas for the entire length. So it's not looking really good for Red Bull, and it's looking really strong and dominant for Mercedes. Hamilton is cutting through the crowd one by one by one. He's up into sixth place. He's approaching Lando Norris, who's in fifth. He goes for this beautiful dive down the inside of, I think it was like turn four. And, you know, Lando says, I couldn't even fight it. It was so, you know, courageous. Uh, There's no point in me even trying to fight that off. And Lewis Hamilton finishes the sprint race in fifth place. He made 15 places up in 24 laps. And the next day is the full race and it's 71 laps long and it's three times the length. And everyone is thinking, what can he do with 71 uh, laps if he can overtake 15 people in 24 laps so the game is set for the for the main race and Mercedes is feeling really really good and now all of a sudden I, I showed Asmara but people on Twitter are saying they're like oh oh the disqualification was not a big enough penalty the FIA needed to have done more than the disqualification what more could the FIA have like a three race ban or something like you know what what did you What did you see on the internet after this Brent race, Asmara? Did, were you on the internet? So yeah, so again, I was basically working all weekend, so I missed this, the entire sprint race. So I just sort of went, you know, afterwards and uh, and saw some of the reactions. So yeah, I definitely saw some of the like I don't know what people wanted, like I guess to just disqualify him for the rest of the season or something. But it's it's always really interesting how the like opinions change so like before the race you know everyone that was celebrating that uh that Lewis was starting last um was so happy about it and you know like oh yeah Max has this in the bag whatever and then like after the race it's like well how are you supposed to compete when the cars are so like uneven and you know like the one car is so strong and so good like how are you supposed like I feel like and 
I'm sure this would happen. Like I'm sure Lewis fans do this about Max too, or, you know, Max's victories these days, but it's funny how there's never enough merit. I personally think given to the driver, like if you don't, if you just don't like the driver, you're, yeah. you're never going to acknowledge that like their, their actual role in it. Like it just becomes, Oh, Mercedes is so OP. Like there's no way anyone could, yeah. could have stopped them today. And it's like, so Saturday happens really hype. And now it's the race race day. And everyone is saying, you know, the sky is the limit for Lewis Hamilton. Uh, but ideally he'll probably finish third. So that, that is what the, the narrative is at no point in this weekend is the narrative that, you know, Lewis Hamilton has a chance of succeeding for some reason. I don't know. But the race starts, and within six laps, he's gone from 10th place to 3rd place. And he just complete like, I, I watched and rewatched the opening six laps, and he just moves on everyone so quickly. But within six laps, he was already in position to be challenging the Red Bulls. And he had this really cool line where he's like, tell Valtteri to stay behind me. Let's go get these guys. And it just, it's so hype. And our Mercedes yeah. fans were so cooled out. Was so this, cool. is, this is, this is, this <laughs> is, uh, yeah, when the safety car was restarting, because I, I think the first part of that race was really interesting about team dynamics, because you had Perez in between Hamilton and Verstappen. And so there was, what do Red Bull do about Perez? Do they tell Verstappen to slow down and take Perez with him to act as a buffer? Or do they just leave Perez and like let Verstappen run away? But then Hamilton was, you know, had the capacity to think about basically, I think what Hamilton was saying, I don't want to just win this. I want Bottas in second so that we take as many points away from Verstappen. And he said, tell Valtteri to stick right behind me. I'm going to drag him up to the top of this race. And I just thought, wow, he's he's driving two cars right now. It's hilarious. And not only that, but the commentators were saying, or not commentators, sorry, uh, Checo got on the radio and he's like, ah, get Max to give me DRS. I cannot hold off Lewis right now. And then Max, meantime, is like shooting off in the distance. Like, what? What? Did, I can't hear you. And he's like, oh. whereas Lewis is, you know, giving Valtteri DRS and bringing him into yeah. the fight. It, it it took a while for Lewis. He he finally got over, uh, past Checo. Uh, it took him a couple tries. Checo gave up a pretty good defense. So I'll give him that. Lewis got past him, um, and then there was another virtual safety car. There's so much damage in this race, so many safety cars, and uh, people are saying, oh, the FIA is doing it to benefit Hamilton. Ah, I don't think so. Not after a 25 good place penalty. Are they going to really send out these safety cars or whatever? But So there's safety cars, and what, during one of them, Botas is able to get ahead of Perez. So now it's Hamilton, Verstappen, uh, or sorry, Verstappen, uh, Hamilton, Botas. Hamilton is, is approaching Verstappen. It's lap 48. He makes an overtake. He goes around the outside. He's ahead. And then we have this incident that everyone is talking about now. Verstappen looks like he's essentially going to crash into Lewis. Hamilton backs out, and they both go super far wide. Like, they're basically – they're not even on the track. They're, like, in the bleachers at this point. They're so (laughs) wide. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, that for sure is a five-second penalty. But the FIA comes out and says, nope, we're not going to look at this incident. Seems pretty normal to us. And now everyone is talking about this is clear Mercedes bias. What do you guys think about that? Like, first I was laughing because I was like, this is so classic, Max. Like, we have seen this multiple times. And to be fair, we've seen this with Hamilton this year as well. Like, it's it's gotten a bit, uh, you know, touchy with both of them at different times. But it's very interesting because as someone who started watching more recently, I feel like it's really hard to evaluate how Max actually is. like wheel like when he's wheel to wheel like racing against someone because there's just been so many incidents where either there's been contact or there's uh 
you know, like he's so aggressive that the other person just has to back out. But in any case, initially when I saw this, I was I was laughing because yeah, I like, you know, I was a fool and I thought, oh, for sure this is a penalty. And then also I was laughing at all the like sass back and forth on the radio, like the way the Red Bull, uh, like I don't even know the strategy guy or whoever it was went on the radio talking to the race director to say, oh, this is just a racing incident. And uh, Michael Massey was like, oh, you know, no, like I understand. We're just going to take a look at it and make sure. So I was really hopeful that they were actually going to take a look at it. So, and I was still laughing about these exchanges. So imagine my surprise, you know, less than a lap later, they decide that there was no investigation necessary. I was, I thought, you know, at least they'll, they'll at least investigate it and maybe they will let it go because like they, they are probably a little bit more lenient with these sort of like higher stakes penalties, but I was really surprised they didn't even investigate it. And also knowing the fact that, you know, they didn't have all the camera angles available to them. For example, the onboard of Verstappen actually steering and whether he actually tried to, to you know, turn the car or whatever and stay on the line. So, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, that was an interesting, I think, decision. Like, even if they had come down on the side of a racing incident after having decided to investigate it, sure. But the fact that they didn't even... It, they thought it didn't even merit that it was very surprising to me. Yeah, and that's like the crucial thing that we were missing is the footage of Max's steering wheel to prove whether or not he did this intentionally. They, you know, the FIA was saying, oh, we don't have it right now. We have to wait for the race to finish so we can download it from his car. We don't have it. But then how can you make a decision without having some of the most crucial piece of information? And so everyone was saying, you know, FIA dropped the Max onboards. You got to release the Max onboards. It became almost like the new, like, uh, Snyder cut. Snyder cut. Yeah. Release <laughs> like, the Verstappen cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw that as a hashtag on Twitter. It was released. Really? The, the Verstappen cut was a hashtag on Twitter. Yeah. But you know what I saw is that even Verstappen fans were saying release the cut because they they thought it would exonerate their guy. They're like, oh yeah, he was totally fine and normal. Show release the cut. You know, we'll prove it. Eventually, Hamilton tried to get around him again, and Verstappen decided to break the toe. He was going down the straight. Mercedes have great straight line speed. And um, he's getting behind him. Verstappen starts like waving around like a snake on the track. And then the FIA gives him a black and white flag for doing that because you're not allowed to do that. But eventually, like lap 60, I think Hamilton does get around Verstappen and he finishes the race first place. In a very clever way. He goes yeah. left and sends a dummy to Verstappen. He makes Verstappen move over to the left to block it. Now Verstappen is compromised going into turn one. So by the time they get to turn three, Verstappen's already slower. So now Lewis is right behind him and takes him by turn four. The whole thing was planned all the way back from turn 12. It was a very, very clever overtake. So Arafat, I was not watching Formula One in 2019 when they raced in Canada. Can you talk us through that race and the similarities to this race? There was a race where Vettel was leading in Canada. He defended. The way he defended caused Hamilton to go off track. And they decided it was too aggressive a defense because... Yeah, Vettel I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just, what, 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 was that a little woo from Asmara because it was in Canada? Oh, yeah. Canada! yeah. <laughs> that was it. So Vettel, Vettel went off the track and was deemed to keep a lasting advantage because he kept Lewis behind him. And so he was then given a five-second penalty. And then all Lewis had to do for the rest of the race was just sit two, three, four seconds behind him. And so Vettel crossed the line first, but the victory was given to Hamilton. And that's where you see the gifts of Vettel picking up that P2 and shoving it in front of Lewis's car. And it was a bit tense on the podium. And then Hamilton tried to get Vettel to come stand on the top step with him. And it just left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. 
because Hamilton probably could have kept racing and taken the win. And Vettel felt he could have defended it. And it, the whole thing felt like it was done over a technicality. And so they do penalise things. Like even earlier this year in Austria, Lando Norris got a penalty. I think Perez has had penalties. I think what people's problem is, is inconsistency. And the fact things take so long just leaves space for conspiracy theories. The fact that it took, like what day is it today? Tuesday, right? Yeah. The Max Verstappen onboard footage was released today. The race happened on Sunday. How does it take this long to release a 30-second clip? Like, what are they doing with it? And then, so now you have two days of speculation, people going, Max definitely must have moved his steering wheel into Lewis, and no, no, he definitely didn't. And it just fuels all this toxic online stuff. But it's bizarre. It's just adding more drama. I wonder, you know, someone like Bernie Eccleston would have loved this. When he ran Formula One, he would create drama on purpose. Because of this drama, are more people going to watch Qatar this weekend? You know, the drama is actually still continuing. So, of course, the race ended. Lewis was first. It was a massive victory for, for Mercedes. They were supposed to lose. If you remember going into this, everyone said Brazil and Mexico are, are Red Bull tracks. You know, Mercedes was so strong in Brazil that everybody was like, oh, my God, what is going on? The championship is still alive. Lewis is only down by 14 points. So it's it was, you know, a huge moment. But the, the onboards, the max onboards hadn't been released yet. And they get released this morning, and uh, Mercedes says they are going to challenge the, the decision by the stewards now that there's new evidence. And you can do that. It's called a right to review, and Red Bull did it earlier this year. So now, most likely, it's going to get looked at by the stewards again. And there's a chance, you know, I don't know how big the chance is, that Max gets like a three-place grid penalty for forcing somebody off the track. And the kicker for me is that this whole thing is because Red Bull, like, This whole thing really started because Red Bull thought Mercedes has a flexi wing of their own, but it's the bottom half of the wing, not the front half, not the top half. The top half is being monitored by the FIA, not the bottom half. So Red Bull thinks Mercedes has a flexi bottom half of their rear wing. So that's why they asked Verstappen to test his wing and then test the Mercedes wing. And apparently Verstappen went and told Christian Horner, yeah, the Mercedes bottom half of their rear wing is very flexible. And I think that's where they're getting their extra speed. So Red Bull is but I think, planning. Well, I don't on- know where that's coming from because like these wings are made of carbon fiber. They're designed to take thousands of kilos of load in terms of like aerodynamic force and G-forces. Verstappen touching it with his hand can't achieve anything because if it's going to flex, it's going to flex under like 2, 3G, which Verstappen is not going to be able to create with no. his hand. So I don't know what what's where these rumors are coming from. Well, no, it's not a rumor. I mean, the FIA said that, okay, we don't believe that Max uh, opened the wing when he touched it. But Christian yeah. Horner said that, you know, Max touched both wings and he does believe the Mercedes want to be more flexible. That Christian, The loads you have to achieve going 180 miles an hour you're not going to do with just your hand going, oh yeah, look, it is flexible. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're not going to achieve that. So you're not, him looking at it isn't going to help him understand anything. So that's, I don't know what that is. But in terms of the move, that defensive move going into turn four, there's a lot of debate on it. You know, should he get a penalty? Should he not? Is it defensive driving? What What's your interpretation of the move? I certainly have thoughts. Um, my interpretation based on I mean so I just watched the onboard once um and based on what I saw like in the in the race I do think based on the precedent like you're right like that we saw earlier this season as well like like I'm trying so hard not to be biased I feel like I feel like 
there should have definitely been more investigation into it in the race. And I wonder if we did have some of these things available earlier, if it would have actually led to like a penalty, like at least a five second penalty. I think like, honestly, yeah, like that was my initial reaction watching it. I don't think that's changed at all. Like, I don't think I've seen anything that makes me think, oh, like Max was just, uh, you know, it was just a little oopsie by him. Like one lap in the, <laughs> <laughs> the one lap out of 71 that somehow Hamilton was there. He panicked a little. So I like, I personally like am inclined to lean towards like that. I think he should have had at least some kind of penalty. Um, I think it's like, I wonder what the reaction would be like, because definitely we're still talking about it, but I wonder if things would be different if he had actually ended up winning that race as well. Like, I think right now it's like, okay, sure, at least Hamilton won. But now we're thinking about what does this mean moving forward? And, you know, why is it, why is the stewarding so inconsistent? But definitely, I think if he had won the race, I would be like way more upset about it too, because... People like Crunchan from Sky F1, Chris Harris from Top Gear, they all said, yeah, actually, now that I've seen the onboard, it was just a defensive move. And I think one of the things about Formula One is the way you defend, especially Max, you create a situation where you leave it to the other guy. It's up to them if we're going to crash. So what Max did was he took a much wider line through that corner where Lewis was forced off the track. And we see this lots with drivers. And if they end up crashing like they did in Monza, we look into it. And if they don't crash, we just say, oh, that was a defensive move. I think the problem here was the fact that, because normally you push the other guy off the track, right? Whereas Max went off the track himself also. So it's not the defense around the corner that comes into question. It's Max leaving the track and gaining an advantage. So I don't think it's actually his steering, whether he, we can see he did not steer into Hamilton. He kept a single line and his line was to go wide to force Hamilton off. And I think that's, a tough but legitimate defense. The problem is he then also went off the track himself. Did him going off the track allow him to keep a lasting advantage? But having said that, I'm glad he didn't have a penalty because if this was like that race in Canada where Lewis just sat behind him for two, three seconds and then took the maximum points, it would have just created other controversy and whatever else. But I think to actually pass him on track as a Lewis Hamilton fan, I'm saying this, to actually pass him on track and take those points without any penalty of his own merit, I think that hurts Max more. And psychologically going into Qatar, it hurts Max more. And that's why I enjoyed it this way. Yeah, I, I think ultimately, you know, everyone does feel that it's better he passed him. The one thing I will say, though, is that I think Garon Chandok is in the minority here. Just from what I'm seeing online, I follow, you know, official accounts, Red Bull accounts, Mercedes accounts. People tend to t- take the opinion that Max was at fault here. I don't think you could just say racing. But I think he was at fault for going off the track. Like he, in his defense, if he'd done that mm-hmm. exact same defense mm-hmm. and he'd kept his car inside the track mm-hmm. and Hamilton had to go off because he was on the outside, mm-hmm. I think you could say, yeah, that was a defensive move. The fact mm-hmm. that Max goes off, I think, because you're not allowed to leave the track and gain a lasting advantage, right? Yeah. That's what I think Max has done wrong. The steering thing and all of us getting excited about that. I think that part of Max's defense was fine. Hmm. It's the fact that he left the track. If he'd done the exact same move but managed well, to stay in the like, track. Is it not is it not kind of related? Like like he didn't even attempt to make the corner is like the yeah. Yeah. basically yeah. what I got from that. Like he didn't even try to make the corner. So 
that's not like in my mind that's not really a legitimate like, yeah defense but th- there's different ways of defending a corner so if, you, if you've got a wide corner like that you're going to take a different line you're not going to be as close to the apex so you push the other guy out because you're trying to make them take a suboptimal line if you're on a hairpin you're going to break much harder than normal so the guy behind you has to slow down and then you shoot off there there are legitimate defensive maneuvers and i think what max did was he blended a legitimate maneuver into an illegitimate one by by going off like diagonally for a while (laughs) you know it's funny when you watch the clip you watch the clip and they're like oh my god did max force lewis wide and then the angle changes and they're so wide it's like (laughs) insanely wide (laughs) it's like wow okay like i didn't expect that but yeah, you know, I think going into Qatar, this definitely changes the dynamics of the championship. But you know, it's, Max needs to win one of the next three races. Lewis needs to win at least two, if not all three of the remaining races. So he ha- Max has more to lose. I don't know why he is still driving so aggressively. See, if Lewis didn't back out, you know, I guess Max crashes, he stays ahead in the points. But I just still don't understand Max's, you know, philosophy. Yeah, Lewis had much more to lose. Lewis, yeah. like Max is always going to race like that. He's always going to put the car in a position mm-hmm. where the other guy has to make a decision. We're going to have a crash or not. Whereas right now, Lewis has more to lose. And if 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 they crashed, I don't think Max would have had a problem with it. Yeah. So that is, you know, the race and how it went. And since we're running out of time here, let's we'll, we'll move forward now. Uh, and talk about what other news that dropped today. And that is that Antonio Giovinazzi is leaving Alfa Romeo and going to one of the worst teams in Formula E. A little mm-hmm. baffling. What do you guys think? I think he had no other option. Yeah, like I don't think he was like, oh, let me take this team up from the ashes. I think it was just the decision <laughs> was made so late that I'm sure that was one of the only things available to him. What's funny here is, so he's being replaced by Guan Yu Zhou, who's going to become the first Chinese F1 driver that's got a full-time race seat. There have been other Chinese people that have tested Formula One cars. I think Ho Pintang tested a Williams. I think he was the most recent Chinese driver in a car. There may have been someone else. But Guan Yu Zhou's coming in. He's second in the Formula Two rankings at the minute. He's, you know, he, he makes sense. He's got enough talent to be in Formula One. Arguably, there's other people who deserve the seat more, but it makes sense in a commercial point of view as well, because now Alfa Romeo can sell cars in China and have him promote that and all of that. But I just want to read out Antonio Giovinazzi's (laughs) tweet about, did you see this on his official thing? Yeah. So so most people, when they leave a team, even Bottas were like, looking forward to my next opportunity. That's why they always line up press releases. So, you know, they had Antonio Giovinazzi's press release for Penske lined up so that he could be like, I'm really looking forward to my next opportunity. Everybody knows Bottas was fired, Giovinazzi's fired, but they never say it out loud. They always say, oh, Bottas is really excited about his new opportunity at Alfa Romeo, blah, 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 whatever. So Antonio says, F1 is emotion, talent, cars, risk, speed. But when money rules, it can be ruthless. (laughs) That's what he tweeted. (laughs) It's like, ooh, sassy. <laughs> He's like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the end of his Formula One career. I don't think he'll ever come back. But I like the way that he's going out. Yeah. <laughs> he, he always had promise, but he was always going to be like a midfield driver, you know? Like there's not like a, a big Antonio Giovinazzi moment you can remember and be like, wow, 
you know, he deserves yeah. to be in a Mercedes or whatever. So yeah. it, it, it is sad. It's sad the way it's happened. But I am excited to have another Asian driver on the grid. And um, do you think he's going to be another Yuki Tsunoda in terms of, like, driving ability? Are we going to be really hyped for him and then be disappointed? I haven't been watching his Formula 2 career. I think Guan Yu Zhou is better, but I think he hasn't done anything so far that would make me think, wow, this is, like, you know, a lot of the talent when they come through, George Russell, and I'm I'm more excited for Piastri because these people come in and win Formula 2 on their first or second attempt. Mm -hmm. Guan Yu Zhou's been there for three years. Mm. He's winning because his competitors have all left. Yeah, and he's been there longer now. Yeah, he's in second mm-hmm. place, losing to Oscar Piastri, and it's Piastri's first season. So, so I, yeah. I think he's fine. I think he has enough talent, but he's yeah. I I don't want to say it because Asmara here is here, but I was he, gonna say he's, he's like he's like Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> but having like I'm just looking at the championship standings. Latifi is ahead of Giovinazzi in the standings. Antonio Giovinazzi only scored a single point this entire year. Uh, Latifi has seven points. Latifi has uh, out-qualified the Formula 2 champion George Russell on two different occasions. So Latifi, yeah, go Latifi. Because Russell is Mr. Saturday, whereas Latifi is Mr. Friday. So whenever there's a sprint qualifying, that's uh, what Latifi's into. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it's nice from like a like a representation perspective yeah. too. Like I think but I like feel for Callum Eilat, who had a good Formula Two season last year, who probably deserves it, but doesn't have anything extra to bring. Next week we go to Qatar, and nobody can agree on whether Qatar is a Mercedes track or a Red Bull track because it's got these medium speed corners that seem like they're really good for Red Bull, but it's got this really huge straight that would be really powerful for Mercedes. And the stakes are really high because now that Lewis has basically willed himself back into the championship fight, he needs to win the next like two out of three races. uh, And then in the third one, finish ahead of Max. And then Max needs to just really win one more race, like not screw up in the other two in order to win the championship. So what are your guys' expectations going into this? Hambot for no discussion. You know what? I'm going to say that too. I've been right. My predictions have been correct for the past two weekends because I said in Mexico Verstappen Hamilton Perez and that's what happened and then I said for Brazil Hamilton Verstappen Botas and then you said like Charles Leclerc on the podium or something insane R5 <laughs> no I'm going Hambotver for this one I agree let's go Hambotver what do you think Asmar I so my dad said this is based off nothing but vibes my dad does not like watch F1 regularly <laughs> <laughs> My dad said, so basically we were talking about how interesting it is that there were really only two tracks that I can remember this year that Hamilton, like there was more support for Hamilton than there was for Verstappen or, you know, Red Bull. Um, And that was Silverstone and Brazil. So I was telling my dad about this, like how funny that is, like that Brazil is like one of the only places where you can actually tell that they really, really love Lewis like that. And he was just saying for like, just based off nothing, that he thinks the Middle East will support Lewis more. So I say that somehow Lewis is going to have this massive contingent of fans and that's going to power him to first place. He's going to sweep. Do you know who one of the last winners in Qatar was back when they raced there like 15 years ago? No. It was Sergio Perez. Him and like Nico Hulkenberg. They've never raced in Qatar. They didn't in GP2. And I think Sergio Perez won won one of the races. Hulkenberg won there. So what do we really make of <laughs> <the> <laughs> translatability? 
And then after that, we go to Jeddah. Jeddah, which is like 80% done, and they have three weeks to get the rest of it done. So let's see. But that's supposed to be Mercedes dominant. I feel like Jeddah is being built by some sort of, you know, The Apprentice, you get all these like incompetent people. Like, I feel like Jeddah's, they're going to reveal next season that there was two teams having to put together a track and. That that's what the apprentice challenge was. Can you build a Formula One track in ten minutes? <laughs> I did see pictures of it today, and it seems like eighty percent done. Like the track for sure is done. Yeah, but there's like only four workers there. You need more than four people to build a track. Why are there only four guys there? What has happened to everyone else? I think, I think it has the potential to make things spicy. Like during the race, the track just starts like breaking down. Like that, that happened. Didn't, didn't that happen layer, in Korea? You know? Because Korea was built the same exact way. They built it like in a month. And like when the teams arrived, they were still like installing like electric switches and stuff. And I think that's what happened where Hamilton was like dragging the tarmac with him. Can you imagine the stress of that? Like I have to do like uni presentations to like five people (laughs) and I'm panicking the (laughs) night before trying to get it done. Imagine trying to get like an F1 track done and knowing you're way behind and everyone is following along. I would be so... Could you imagine like being the electrician and you walk into a garage and it's like Ferrari and you're just surrounded by some of the best engineers in the world and you're like oh yeah, yeah I'm just here to install the light switch <laughs> but like everybody's just watching you and then someone's just like are, are you sure it's that wire like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know what I'm doing <laughs> that's me every day at work I was gonna say that's me at work no but I was gonna I thought you were making a metaphor but I realized that's literally going to happen you're gonna have some random saudi like or some uh no yeah saudi some random saudi guy trying to make like a switch <laughs> it's gonna be like a formula one engineer in the room with them so the yeah. barriers are just gonna be held up by like sheer will like just <laughs> please don't crash please don't crash <laughs> and you know like in korea like they built they're gonna build the, the street circuit and then build the the entire town around it but they didn't mm. get to the town part. So it was just a street circuit in the middle of nowhere. And I think Jeddah yeah. is going to be the same way. It's just going to be a circuit in the middle of nowhere. And like they haven't even built the town that goes around it yet. Yeah, but I think that they're not going to. It's like a temporary thing because I think the Saudi track is a temporary track until 2024 when they're going to have a more oh. purpose-built one. Uh, wow. So they're doing all of this for three years or four years or whatever. That's insane. <laughs> Sport washing, white sporting, whatever it's called. Do they have, like, the money to do this? I thought they were, like, kind of going bankrupt because they're at war. War is profitable. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, Asmara, we need to go through the top three funny moments of the weekend, which is something you always do when you visit. So, what are what, what what's number three? I would say number three. Now, we haven't really talked about Valtteri too much in this race, but something that I personally found really funny was, uh, you know, when they do the interviews at the end, I feel like he's just so, like, after the race, I feel like he's just so resigned now to how things are. So they kind of asked him about his start, where, you know, he started on pole. We didn't even really talk about how he had a pretty bad start and, you know, instantly lost first place and whatever. It's just kind of like... just imagine him talking to himself in the car. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like he's just, uh, you know, whatever. So, uh, you know, I just something that I found really funny was um, he was asked about his start and he was just like, yeah, you know, I tried. And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's 
that's kind of just what life has been like in 2020 and 2021. <laughs> and it'll probably be like that in 2022 as well. Even at the end, though, they were like, uh, Valtteri, uh, there might be a penalty for, for Max. So try to and go after him. And then he's not able to pass Max. And then later he's like, eh, I tried my best. Like, that was his <laughs> whole energy. Like, yeah, it's just... <laughs> Like, I truly feel like he's just living his best life at this point, And he's just kind of like along for the ride, you know, like, let's just enjoy the last few races and in this yeah. like amazing car and, you know, mm-hmm. just do what we can. And honestly, I respect it. Like, yeah, I was mad at him for giving up the lead so easily, but also <laughs> I have to respect the energy. <laughs> What's your second moment? I would say the second moment would have to be also during the race um, when... Lewis actually overtook Max and, uh, you know, they always show the the garage after like for the driver who's uh, or the pit crew and everything. And they just showed Toto. And I think this is so funny because he just like turned his head, looked directly at the camera and just pointed <laughs> like so like, viciously and with like so much yeah. like gumption. And I just, I loved it because I feel like this whole weekend, he was so mad. Like he was fired yeah. up and like yeah. usually... You know, we see that with with Red Bull and we see it, obviously, like he's he's been petty before and we've seen it before, but I don't think he's ever been so like, like viscerally angry. Yeah. So I just think it was such a like, uh, it was just, it was really funny, first of all, like totally like a memeable thing. The memes were brilliant. My my favorite was like the top half of the, the picture was just Toto pointing at the camera and the bottom half of the picture was just the surprised Pikachu and I just said the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like imagine just trying to casually film a group of people and just do such like severe eye contact being made with you and you're just like i didn't do anything you know toto was like that the whole weekend after the sprint race he got on the radio he's like great drive lewis f them all like he was just like yeah angry he was like lewis was like copy (laughs) yeah Yeah, he had a lot of emotion and uh this weekend and it was like i don't know it was pretty fun um and then the funniest thing wait so are you gonna talk about it so this is this is probably like as we were all peak vettel what'd you say it's peak vettel yeah peak vettel yeah exactly he (laughs) pulls up in park for me after the sprint race and he's getting out of the car he's right behind lewis and the engineer goes or or, or sebastian goes should i go and uh touch his rear wing and the engineer goes haha no don't very very expensive <laughs> he's like ha, 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 just kidding i'm gonna go touch his front wing maybe that's cheaper maybe that's only 25 grand <laughs> i love it it was like the comedic timing was perfect he's like yeah just kidding i'm gonna touch his front wing instead yeah. <laughs> i really like i feel like he was sitting on that one like he was yeah. you know last few laps he was like hmm what can I say (laughs) (laughs) what dad joke can I make today and it's just so funny because he has definitely touched Lewis's car in park for me before so So it's funny for him to be making that as a joke like he might actually go touch it like he has a history of doing that so (laughs) his engineer is probably like laughing but internally he's like oh my god he's actually gonna do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) definitely all right, guys, that was an incredible weekend, incredible podcast. Thank you for joining us, Asmara. Hopefully we'll have you on for the rest of this season sometime. But it's going to be an incredible season. We're very excited. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you next time.
This has been a production for Not That Good Media.